Welcome to the sermon podcast of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Kensington, Connecticut. This is Pastor Joe McGarry. This week, we look into Mark chapter 6 and maybe read a not-so-pleasant text. That is the story of the beheading of John the Baptist. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Maybe get a glimpse of how your faith can connect with your life through these texts. Have a great week and be blessed. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the sixth chapter. King Herod heard of the disciples preaching, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason, these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when King Herod heard it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, had been raised. For Herod himself has sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your wife's brother. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked the holy man, and he, protect, and he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the great leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And, she solemnly swore to, and he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, even half my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly grieved. Yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So there are many scriptures uh, throughout the Bible that are familiar to us. So if I name a few, you might recognize Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in want. John 3.16. There are many other scripture passages that we come to know, like the story of Noah's Ark or the parable of the Good Samaritan. Then there are passages like the one we hear today in the Gospel lesson. Passages that I'm not sure what the lectionary people were thinking when they included them in the lectionary. We have a gospel lesson that has very little, if anything, to do with Jesus. Instead, we read about the beheading of John the Baptist. 
But as I read the gospel lesson and the lessons around it, the first and the second lesson, I believe that we could take away some things from it that we can live out in our daily life. And one of those things is that the kingdom of God is not like the kingdom of this world. Because in the kingdom of God, we experience freedom. Freedom that focuses on our abundant life given to us by God. In freedom, we experience love and grace and the forgiveness of our sins. But in the world, we experience this scarcity. The scarcity that includes hatred and despair, isolation, and even death. We see this in the reaction of Herod when he realizes the request that his daughter gave him, the head of John the Baptist. You see, he's having this banquet with his peers, and he's made this promise to his daughter that he is going to give her anything that she requested, even half of his kingdom. Instead of doing what is right, he does something that perhaps brings him pain and discomfort. Instead of living a life full of justice, he chooses power. Instead of living a life of mercy and peace, he chooses destruction. Instead of living a life full of grace and love, he chooses hatred. If he felt even a hint of compassion and sympathy for others, he would have stopped. He would have denied the request of his daughter. But in doing so, he would have shown weakness. So Herod sends one of his soldiers to get the head of John the Baptist and save face rather than admit that he made a foolish promise. Even today, we see things like this happening over and over again. Politicians are, who make outlandish promises when they campaign for office or CEOs or other people in power who sometimes take advantage of their power over others. Even in school, we see this when kids bully one another. They want to show that they have power and authority over their peers. Over and over and over again, people are choosing destruction and survival instead of justice, mercy, and grace. And this is where I think the church can stand in, because in the church, we are called to give voice to the voiceless. We are called to do what God is calling us to do, to take what God has blessed us with and walk with our neighbors and be a source of comfort and of love. We are called by the cross to take the hope that has been given to us and to give it to others so together we can face the challenges of our lives with courage and confidence. Because on the cross, we see Jesus. Jesus who gave himself for us. And we become people of the cross. And as people of the cross, we see promise even when we are face to face with death.
Martin Luther once said that our yearning and despair is always taken up into the suffering love of God and Jesus. We see God in every aspect of our lives because on the cross, God has placed our brokenness at the very heart of God's life. So whatever pain, whatever suffering we may have, we know that God has not abandoned us, but in fact is with us in the midst of our pain and suffering. God does this because God chooses us. We read in our lesson from Ephesians that God chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. Before the world even began, God chose us. We cannot, we do not choose God because God has already chosen us. Now we can choose to live in a way that God has called us to live. And as the people of God, we can live out our mission uh, of love and, and peace and hope and grace. But sometimes... I question if God really chooses me. You know, perhaps you have felt the same way in your life. Uh, There have been many times in my life when I have not been chosen for something that I really, really wanted. There are many times that I have put myself out there and I have faced rejection. I have faced someone judging me based on who I am, based on the way that I look, based on the way that I Uh, live my life based on the way that I practice my faith? So what makes me special in God's eyes when I might not be even worthy in the eyes of the people around me? You know, we have this fear of not being chosen. And because of that, we have this, this deep down feeling inside of us that thinks that we are not chosen maybe because we're not very good. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not talented enough to be chosen by God. Because maybe the world looks at us a little differently. Maybe we don't feel accepted or loved by the world. So why would we be accepted and loved by God? Well, when we go back to Scripture, we see over and over again, since the beginning with Noah and Moses, all the way to Jesus and the disciples, God chooses us. Even the people that seem least likely to be a prophet, to be someone who's loved and cared for by God, God chooses us. You know, the disciples, they, they were basically rabbi rejects, right? So, you know, in the time of Jesus, people would follow these rabbis, be disciples. And and these fishermen, the disciples, they were rejected, so they went into the family trade of fishing. They didn't qualify. They didn't meet all the check marks to be a certified rabbi. And then this guy comes, Jesus, who, who walks up to them and says, no, I choose you. Maybe the world might not choose you, but I choose you. Follow me. So when they had an opportunity to follow Christ, they dropped everything that they were doing, and they went and they followed him. And Jesus knew that he wasn't going to be around forever. So Jesus started to prepare them for his departure. 
And, and last week we read Jesus sent them out two by two to go out into the world to tell the world about God, about Jesus, about God's love, and how God chooses us. They said the world is going to tell you that you're not good enough. It doesn't matter what they say about you. God tells us, I choose you. I love you. You are good enough. You are smart enough. You are pretty enough. You do have enough time and energy and, and money to continue the mission that I've called you to do. God says, I choose you. I call you. Follow me. Because the things that discourage us, the things that, that bring us down, the hurts and the pains that we experience in this life are nothing. <coughs> nothing compared to the joy of being chosen and cared for by God. You know, this is the heart of the message that, that Jesus brings to us. We are the chosen people of God. God looks at us and calls us blessed, and we are given life in His name. You know, the hands and the feet that we are in this world are God's hands and feet. And we connect with one another through the opportunity to worship together here on a Sunday morning, through fellowship, through service, through caring for others. And when we do that, when we are faithful to that calling that God gives to us, people start to turn and they start to say, who are you? What is that church, that, that, that church thing all about? Who are these people that are coming to me to get to know me, to love me, to care for me? What makes the people at Prince of Peace different than other churches in the area, other places to gather? And the answer is God chooses us no matter who we are. There's nothing that we can do to have Christ turn his back on us. Jesus, who loves us so much that he gave his life, so we do not have to worry about our future because we are given grace and love. But what we can do then in turn is to lay down our differences and to serve with an open heart, serve with our hands and feet. Be the blessed people that God calls us to be. And we believe as the Prince of Peace Lutheran Church that all are welcome here at the table. At this table, we gather around as the children of God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from. All people are welcome, regardless of your age, gender, race, sexuality. God loves you and embraces you as you are, not who you try to be. Together, as a church, we will continue to talk about how we are the hands and feet of God, how we can support, love, and care for others, how we can fully embrace what God has given to us. Because the testimony that we give to others, we can help them see that they are loved and cared for by God as well. And that can truly make a difference in their life. Amen.